morning and welcome to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, and I am the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. From His Heart is heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio. Well, I'm joined in the studio by my good friend, Dr. Chris Schroeder. Chris is the teaching pastor at First Baptist Texarkana, and uh, he came to us from Kansas City, Missouri. And uh, how many years ago, Chris? Was uh, it five? Yeah, about five years ago. Five years ago. Tell them how you ended up coming here. It's kind of an interesting story. Yeah, I was pastoring a church in uh, Kansas City. And on uh, Wednesday nights, I would get home from prayer meeting at church and uh, was watching uh, Pastor Jeff on TV and From His Heart Ministries. And at the time, I was working on a master's in pastoral counseling and uh, just really liked watching From His Heart and then found out that they were looking for a pastoral counselor right around the same time that I finished my degree and was looking to make a move in my career. And so it was just perfect God thing. Yeah, it was really cool how that worked out. And then uh, as we were looking for a counselor, somebody close by in, in Little Rock had entered, uh, put his name in the hat and we said, well, he, Chris was... Nazarene, uh-huh. and so it was different. And this guy was Baptist, and he just seemed to fit, and he's closer, and all that stuff. And and so I remember calling Chris and saying, "Hey, I don't know about this." And you said, "Well, my wife and I really feel like this is what the Lord wants." And so uh, we finally ran into a dead end with this other guy, and it was like, "Hey, the Lord does want this." And so it's been a great fit. And Chris and Rochelle have done a tremendous job here at First Baptist. Uh, Texarkana, and Chris just uh, recently got promoted to the position of uh, teaching pastor and is uh, really uh, my right-hand man at the church and doing a great job. Uh, I appreciate the fact that Chris is a learner, and he is a reader and uh, constantly growing in his relationship with the Lord. And he's spent many, many hours with people in the counseling office uh, dealing with all sorts of issues and problems. And uh, today we want to talk about the issue of loneliness. Loneliness is a big problem in our world today. Uh, Mother Teresa called it the leprosy of the West. Mm. Uh, I I have this definition. I wrote uh, a book called Runaway Emotions why you feel the way you do and what God wants you to do about it. And one of the chapters is on loneliness. And this was the definition uh, that, uh, that I ran across and put in the book. Loneliness is that sometimes overwhelming feeling that no one really knows me, cares about me, or wants me around. And Chris, as we were talking before the program, uh, when people come in from ca- for counseling, uh, they, n- they don't typically say they're lonely but that becomes a pretty apparent issue. Yeah, someone may come into the counseling office with, uh, they'll probably call it depression, feeling depression, feeling hopeless. And one of the questions that I'll ask them is, who is your circle? Who are the your go-to people in your life? And I'm oftentimes really surprised at how many people don't have go-to people. They don't have close friends that they mm-hmm. can call that are you know in the trenches with them. And that and men and women, you know, you would think maybe just men aren't as good with relationships, but there's men and women who don't have those close relationships and therefore feel lonely, which uh, would then lead to feelings of depression. You know, I was talking to a guy yesterday after church and um, he had just recently retired. And I said, you know, uh, guys that retire, uh, they have work friends and so that gets them connected, but then they retire. If you're not in church and you retire from your job, uh, you can kind of be a hermit. Uh, you got your family, and then you really don't have people outside of that. Yeah, those guys say the thing they miss the most is the friendship aspect, just being with other people, you right. know, and then losing that and missing that. Right. You hear that often from athletes. Mm-hmm. They ask them, you know, you're, and, and athletics is, especially professional athletics, kind of weird because you retire at 35. Yeah, that's strange. Um, it's like, I got a lot of life to live. And uh, if you played pro football or something like that and you're all beat up and mm-hmm. you can barely walk, somebody said that uh, they saw Terry Bradshaw at an event uh, in the last year and he said, man, he, he moves really slow. Uh, because he's all broken up. And he's done pretty good after his career, though. Yeah, yeah. He's done yeah. well. He, he has done well. Um, 
So, Chris, loneliness is something that affects everybody. Uh, nobody's immune from that. David said in Psalm 102, verse 6, I am like a lonely owl in the desert or a restless sparrow alone on a roof. Now, I can understand with David, he's on the run from Saul. Um, Jonathan was his go-to buddy, but now that relationship has been distanced. Um, talk about uh, why people feel lonely. What, what is causing that? I mean, we see for the first time in creation in Genesis 2.18, God says it's not good. It's not good for man to be alone. You know, he created us to be in relationship. Uh, that's the way we're wired. That's the way we're designed. And so uh, loneliness is just a real uh, uncomfortable, negative feeling. You know, you feel isolated. You feel alienated, um, just disconnected from others because we weren't created to live that way. We were created to be in relationship with other people. There was a song on the radio years ago. I still remember this. Um, my mom, when my mom and dad were going through a terrible time in their marriage, and we lived in California, and he lived in Houston, and it looked like they were separated, didn't know if that we were going to make it or not. Um, praise the Lord, they did. They got back together and had a wonderful life together until my dad died. But that Gilbert O'Sullivan song, Alone Again Naturally, that was a popular song back in the day. And uh, <clears throat> part of the lyrics say this. It talks about a guy that got jilted at the altar. And it says, uh, if God really does exist, why did he desert me? In my hour of need, I truly am indeed alone again naturally. Lots of people feel that way, don't they? Yeah, especially like in the case like that where if you've been married and so you've been connected to someone else, you've you know become like one flesh with someone else and then you know death or divorce and now you find yourself alone so you're more accustomed to being with someone and now all of a sudden that person's gone right i can imagine just the loneliness that that person would feel okay in in chris in your life have there been some lonely times where you just felt like i feel deserted right and you know just want to make the distinction between um types of people there's two different types of people in general you know it's a scale one to ten maybe but some are really introverted and don't mind being alone as much some people are more extroverted and um you know have to be with people really right. get energized by people right but even introverted people can feel times of loneliness you know maybe they've been alone too long and don't have someone to turn to and so even even the most introverted person can feel lonely sometimes right well i know that um it's kind of funny with the introvert extrovert because an extrovert just that's such a fill for him to be around people mm -hmm. but even extroverts can have lots of acquaintances and lots of surface True. friends but when the chips are down and they really need to talk to somebody they may not feel comfortable doing that. Right. They're not able to be intimate. They're not able to share uh, deep things with someone. I think we all need that. We need someone right. that we can go to, that we can share our you know, deepest, darkest secrets and just, just share at a deeper level, communicate at a deeper level than just surface. How's the weather? You know, right. Who's picking up the kids? And even in marriage, you, know, you can be married and you can be with the other person and still be lonely. I think that's probably one of the worst kinds of loneliness when there's actually people around. They call it emotional loneliness, uh -huh. you know, where there technically are people around, but there's not deep connection. Uh, some of the most lonely people are the people that are in a crowd, mm -hmm. you know, oftentimes in a crowd or people who are in a marriage that is uh, struggling. Yeah. Well, I think about that when people come to church, you know, they can sit in a, a crowd of 100 people, 500 people, 1,000 people, 3,000 people, whatever it might be and you're a face in the crowd. You know, we, we always tell people that are um, contemplating joining the church, if you just come to church, you really don't get to know anybody. You have to get involved in a small group because you have to get, you have to start rubbing shoulders with people where it's more than just high, um, but it's you start to do life together and you start to deal with struggles together. That is important. Yeah, that's a decision. You know, the person has to make a decision that they're not just gonna sit in a seat you know, be a pew warmer, that they're actually going to build connection, build relationship, get into a smaller group and actually be vulnerable and open themselves up. But that is a conscious, willful decision that someone has to make and not always easy, but 
that is required uh, to not have that feeling of loneliness. Right. Well, you know, there's a phrase that says uh, concerning singleness, you're single for a season or single for a reason. I was thinking about that this morning. That could also be with loneliness. You can be lonely for a season. David was lonely for a season. But you can also be lonely for a reason. Um, You know, you can be uh, what some have termed a social vampire where you latch on to somebody and you suck the life out of them. And when people sense that you're like that, they back away from you because they don't have enough emotional energy for themselves and for you. Um, Chris, how, when you deal with somebody like that, that just is, it's all about me and I'm just going to vomit all over you, my problems, and you know, it's just a one-way conversation, how does that work? <laughs> That's a tough one uh, because there are people who have a low, what would you call EQ, you uh-huh. know, emotional quotient or... Uh-huh. Um, emotional intelligence is not very high. They don't realize that uh, they're doing a lot of talking and not very much listening, or it's just very self-centered, very self-absorbed, and that's going to repel people. Um, So (laughs) it's hard to tell someone, you know, you're Maybe your people skills need to grow in order for you uh, to have some friendships, to have some relationships. But that is definitely a factor that should be considered. Well, I know that, um, and this happens often in church, you know, there's certain people that you know, if I can't just have a, a high, how you doing conversation with this person, because they're going to, if you ask them how they're doing, you know, hey, pull up a chair. I have an hour's worth of stuff I'm going to tell you. And, uh, you know, a lot of times people just don't, they don't have the bandwidth for that. Yeah, a lot of pastors have that story, or I think every pastor has that story. That I think John Maxwell told that story. You're walking to the car, it's the end of the day, you're tired, <laughs> it's a long day, you've got the keys out, you're ready, and then all of a sudden you hear that voice, Pastor, you have yeah. a second? Yeah. Oh, so. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've been there. Yeah. And, uh, and you want to be there for people, right. and you love people, and you care about people. But um, extra grace required people for sure, for sure. And and, you know, I have at times told some somebody, okay, listen, here's the situation and speak the truth in love, because this person needs to know you're repelling people. That's your that's your single or you're you're lonely for a reason. And it's because you're you're repelling people with constantly talking about yourself and it's it's always the same song and dance always nobody cares about me nobody loves me uh i ain't got nobody and nobody cares for me you know that old song um so how does a person uh break out of that i mean i think the biggest thing would be listening you know they say that imitation is the greatest uh most sincere form of flattery and someone said listening is actually the most sincere form of flattery you know being able to listen i feel like that's a trait that not many people have it seems like in our culture today and so uh that is so important listening to the other person instead of being always the one that has to talk and wanting to be the one that talks but actually being a good listener yeah i heard this quote one time it said that people who are good listeners are communicating i care about you right people that are constantly talking communicate I care about me. That's right. Because it's all about me. Whatever you have to say is irrelevant. Uh, this is this is my show and this is what, you know, what I say goes, that kind of thing. My wife and I were on a date the other night and there was a couple. It seemed like it was their first date. We like to eavesdrop a little bit. And uh-huh. It seemed like their first date and he was doing 99% of the talking. It's like, that's not a good strategy. That's not no. a good tactic. No. And, you know, and some people uh, that are, introverts and quiet by nature um, it's a little it takes work to get them to talk and, and I know uh, I've had marital counseling situations and you have too where the one spouse doesn't talk much right and it makes it hard to hey I got to pull something out of you because we're not going to get better if you don't speak up right definitely well we're talking about the issue of loneliness you're listening to real truth for today I'm your host pastor Jeff Shreve and I'm talking to my good friend dr. Chris Schroeder Chris is the teaching pastor and the counselor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. So don't go away. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Director of the AFA Foundation, Riley Wildman. I've traveled a lot. I've met with 
people from all over the country. Riley has served as the director of the AFA Foundation for over a decade. The most rewarding thing about my job is that we get to build relationships through our donors and our supporters and get to have that personal relationship with them. Contact the AFA Foundation today to learn how you can shore up permanent income for your retirement years while supporting the culture-transforming work of the American Family Association. A charitable gift annuity benefits you and helps ensure the AFA will impact America for generations to come. Call 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. The AFA Foundation, the Financial Stewardship Division of the American Family Association. Can we trust the Bible? He says, we saw this, and that sets the Bible apart from almost everything else in the ancient world and its religious pantheon of gods and goddesses. The God Who Speaks, the important documentary from the American Family Association, is now available to watch for free on AFA's brand new streaming platform. Go to thegodwhospeaks.org to watch this award-winning film today. Thegodwhospeaks.org. Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk. Christian parents are on the hook today because they have to identify the threats to the value system uh, that's being taught to their children in public schools. And their job is to protect their kids from these influences. Tune in for Family Talk with Dr. James Dobson. Weekdays at 6.30 a.m. and 9.30 p.m. on American Family Radio. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to our program. God's blessings to you all. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, and I'm joined in the studio by my good friend, Dr. Chris Schroeder. We're talking about the issue of loneliness. Loneliness is a big problem in our world today. We have lots of lonely people. And as Mother Teresa said, loneliness is the leprosy of the West. Uh, what an interesting way to, uh, to put that. Um, Chris we deal with a lot of lonely people. There are a lot of lonely people in church. Mm -hmm. People don't really know them, and uh, they're they're maybe married, maybe have families, but uh, the the real hidden person is not known to others. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that they are in church. I'm glad that they're in that community, but they're probably not utilizing the church the way that it was totally designed. You know, it's designed so that we could be vulnerable with one another and that we could encourage one another. Ideally, that's the way the church was designed to be. Right. Now, I had Dennis Swanberg on last week, and he wrote a book called No More Secrets, and he was talking about how we need, especially pastors, we need to be able to share the struggles in our heart. Everybody's got struggles. I, I don't. This idea that the Christian life is a life without struggle is just wrong. And uh, you know, uh, Adrian Rogers, I love this phrase. He used to say, "Don't ever get the idea that the Christian life is all honey and no bees." Right. It's not. Right. And uh, we deal with stuff. And you can be far down the road in your Christian life, and you still deal with things, with, with depression. Uh, Spurgeon dealt with depression. He had the phrase, there are dungeons under the castles of despair. What, wow. a, what a vivid right. picture. Pretty deep. Um, 
Okay, so you you uh, one of the things I think that makes you a great counselor is you've been there. Hey, I've I've dealt with depression. I've dealt with feeling lonely. I've dealt with feeling like my life has you know crashed and burned. How did you come back from that? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely can relate to people who are feeling lonely and feeling despair, and even to the point of this ultimate sadness and depression. Uh, and I lost uh, my marriage. And I was in times where I felt so alone. Now, um, I did have good community around me, and I was very thankful for that. Uh, you have to build that community before you go into, right. you know, before the, the train crashes. You've got to have that community around you. So I had some amazing people around me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even with that, you go through times of feeling lonely. That's, um, that's uh, situational loneliness, like when something has happened to you, like a death or a divorce, your life has just been flipped upside down. Right. A great tragedy has hit you. So that's situational. You can't, um, that's not always your choice to go right. through that, but that's something that affects you. Um, chronic loneliness is when you're just constantly feeling lonely and you're stuck in this feeling of loneliness. And it's not really based on the situation around you. It's just this long-term feeling of loneliness. Right. right. And that may have started early in life. Right. Uh, you know, you think about your childhood, think about what it was like in junior high and high school. and uh, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, there was the cool group, mm-hmm. and then there was the maybe the, the band nerds, uh, as they were called. Uh, no offense to anybody in band. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was always yeah. like uh, Mike Huckabee was on the program a few weeks ago, and he, he talked about the cool kids table at, at school. Well, everybody knew where that was, and you wanted to be included in that group. God forbid that you would get kicked out of that group. You're not in the popular crowd. You're in, the, but everybody has to. You have to find a niche somewhere. Well, it's disappointing when you see that continue on into into adulthood. You see that in the church, the same mindset that people have. You know, right? It continues on. Well, it, it is a sad thing, and it, God didn't create us for that. He created us for community. It's not good that the man should be alone. And and I have found with, with men especially, women tend to connect with other women a lot better than men do. Right. Um, and they, they tend to share uh, things and struggles and stuff. Well, they have different struggles than we do. Um, by and large, you know, and there's security issues and, and I don't measure up to other women type thing and how I look or whatever. Um, but men don't, we don't like to talk about our problems with other guys. No, I mean, women are more face to face, eyeball to eyeball. Let's sit and have coffee together and talk about our deepest, darkest things, (laughs) you know, and men, we're more activity driven. So we're more shoulder to shoulder. Let's go fishing. Let's play golf. And, uh, if we don't talk, we can go on a weekend <laughs> trip and not talk at all right. and have a great time because we're so activity driven. Right. And we just, uh, you know, I, I find myself, it's like, I don't want to talk about some deep issue. You know, let's just talk about the ball game. Let's talk about something light, something that we can just kind of tease and joke. But, you know, if somebody gets down and deep into this struggle in their marriage or struggle, you know, then the, then the relationship all of a sudden is like, okay, this is going to take emotional energy. And a, a lot of guys don't want to expend the emotional energy. Yeah. It's, and that is unfortunate because there are times where guys need that, you know, maybe their marriage isn't good and they're just going to shine it on and act with their guy friends like everything's good. And so those guys aren't able to help. They're, they aren't able to encourage because right. they don't know that anything's wrong. Right. And, and if your, your buddies are the guys, uh, you know, that, have been married three or four times and, you know, hang out at the bars and, you know, they're not going to give you good counsel. That's um, right. That's right. So, so you need to get wise and godly counsel. Um, you know, and, and if you're, if you're listening and you feel, you feel lonely, um, Hey, it's good to talk to somebody about that. It's good to come to the church and say, I need to talk to a pastor about this issue because you need to find out, are you lonely for a season or are you lonely for a reason? Mm. Are you a social vampire? Do you just talk and talk and talk and cause people to, to back away because they don't want, you know, they, they just can't uh, sustain your life along with their life. Um, a normal, healthy friendship is, is give and take. You give and, and it goes back and forth. And so I would encourage people uh, to do that. But, Chris, there's a big stigma with 
talking to the pastor or talking to a counselor. Yeah, I mean, you just you've got to be intentional. That's what I hear you saying is just being in, being intentional about it. If you don't have people in your corner right now, then be intentional about building that. Look at people that are, you know, your same gender that are more mature in their faith and really uh, seek them out and uh, seek to spend time with them and start to try and build that group of support around you. Right. You know, when you think about the life of Jesus, I mean, his connection to his yeah. father was his, that was his lifeline to everything uh, because he looked around. I mean, they all bailed on him. John was the only one at the cross. Mary was there and the other women, but where was Peter? Yeah. He denied three times that he even knew it. But that, Jesus was intentional when he came and he chose his disciples and he had the, the 12 and then he had the three that he was closest to. So he's a great model for us in showing that we need that connection. Right. And he wanted uh, those select group to, uh, even those times, he wanted them to, to stay awake and be with him and, right. and uh, be close to him. Well, it's good to know if, you, if you're struggling with loneliness, Jesus knows what that's like. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, uh, a, a man from whom men hide their face, and we did not esteem him, we despised him. He knows what that's like to be rejected. He knows what that's like to be called names when they said, you know, he cast out demons by Beelzebul, the, the ruler of the demons. So he can relate. Uh, I love the passage in Hebrews 4. We don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So he can truly, he can truly empathize with us. Right. And, and then what does he say to us? Because it's when you're lonely, it's not good for the man to be alone. So what do we do about that? Right. We've got, we've got to be intentional. We've got to be proactive. Um, I mean, we're looking at two different factors. We're looking at the, the vertical and the horizontal. Mm -hmm. You know, vertically, he tells us that he will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. So you're never truly alone right. because he has left, um, he's left his helper. You know, right. he's left the Holy Spirit for us. So you're truly never alone. That's vertically. And then horizontally, over and over, we see this truth in the scriptures that we, we truly do need each other and we weren't created to be alone. There's times where we pull away and we get just with God and we need that time of being alone. Jesus modeled that for us. But then other than that, we really do need to do life with other people. Well, I think about Elijah when he was so depressed and wanted to die, and I'm no better than my father's take my life. Um, death is better to me than life, you know, that kind of Jonah uh, situation. But uh, the Lord said, you know, I alone him left. He said, no, you're not. I have 7,000 that haven't bowed the knee to Baal. You're not seeing this correctly. And then God gave him a friend. Mm -hmm. God gave him someone to mentor and mm -hmm. someone who would be there for him. And Elijah was given Elisha. Mm -hmm. uh, David had Jonathan. We all need somebody in our life that can, can be that go-to person for us. Right. I think God understands that and he models that for us throughout the scriptures. Well, you know, it's been said that a man needs, uh, a, man needs a Paul in his life, someone who can mentor him. He needs a Silas and a Barnabas, somebody that uh, is a peer and then he needs someone that he can pour into, a Timothy in his life. And uh, guys, that's a, that's a challenge to all of us. Do, do you have um, those three levels? Because those are critical. And uh, it's a, a blessed man who has that and then is giving to that, that next generation. We have to realize that we're not, you know, sometimes we get in these, uh, we get this attitude that we are the only one struggling. We're the only one going through things. And that's not true. Everyone has their own struggles. Everyone has things they're going through. And so uh, sometimes other people need you, you know. And so if you're isolating yourself and you're in this feeling of loneliness, um, you're not a help to someone else who really needs you and needs what you have to offer. Right. You know, when you think about it, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 17 talks about the king and the pitfalls for the king. And this is really for men because I think, I think men probably deal with loneliness um, more because they don't let people in. So it's, it's surfacey. Just as you said, women tend to share a lot more. But uh, Deuteronomy 17 says a king needs to watch out for money, the problems with money, the problems with sex, the problems with power. I think any guy you talk to, what's your struggle? 
you're going to find it's one of those three things that's going to be his big struggle in life. Um, greed, I want more and more and more. I, I want to climb the ladder of success. Uh, I'm tempted in the area of sex. Pornography is such a huge problem for men or uh, to be in a position of power. We look at those three things like that's you, you've gone to the top. You know, if you have power and you have money, and you can get things that you want, and oftentimes that turns into, you know, sexual things from from women. Um, pornography. You, you said pornography. That's a huge one. And you know, the statistics say that nearly seventy percent of men struggle with that issue. Yeah. And that issue alone, and then having that struggle is men tend to then feel the guilt and the shame, and so then they isolate themselves even more right. from Christian men. Is what what they need the most right i'm the only one struggling with this is the mindset and that's the lie from the devil because he wants you to think hey you're the only one the big three money sex power if you have struggles in one of those three areas no you know what you're like everyone else that's right uh no temptation has overtaken you but such as is common to man well luke 638 says this give and it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. They will pour into your lap. And uh, Chris, one of the things I've found when, when you're dealing with the issue of loneliness especially, one of the ways to combat that is to do what the Scripture says, give, and mm-hmm. it will be given to you. Start sowing seeds. If you don't have any friends, sow seeds of friendship because you reap what you sow. How does a person do that? Well, you know the saying, be a friend. You want to make a friend, be a friend. Mm-hmm. You know, So I would say, uh, first of all, recognize, recognize the feelings. Recognize that you are feeling lonely. Um, don't be in denial about that. If you need to um, get out a pen and paper and journal the way that you're feeling, then, then write that down. And then um, seek God. Really seek God and get to the root, get to the heart of why you're feeling the loneliness. And then get involved. Uh, find out where you can get involved. Find out where you can go to the next level in your involvement, especially highly recommend uh, just getting involved in a smaller group at church. And then uh, be confident that the Lord sees you, that the Lord knows what you're going through, and that it won't last forever. But um, yeah, just get, I'd say most of all, just get involved. There are people that care. There are people that want to help. And so get outside of uh, the trap of self-pity and your own struggle. That makes a huge difference, and that's hard to do. So if somebody's lonely, I need a friend, and you tell them, well, what you need to do is start being a friend to another person. They're like, well, you didn't hear me because I need a friend. Yeah, if you need, start start sowing seeds for that. Like a give and take. You know, it's not all just about taking. It's got to be a give and take kind of relationship. Right. I have a my seminary professor, Dr. Wayne McDill, said that there was a kid in school that, in seminary that always had problems and always was a loner and this and that. And he came to, Wayne is a choleric, you just tell it like it is. And this kid came to him and Wayne's like, why are you coming to me? Am I your mother? He said, listen, here's the situation. He said, who would want to be your friend? Look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And, That's uh, tough love. Yeah, he was, he was a tough love guy. But he, he basically told this kid, this is the situation. You need to clean up. You need to shave. You need to start wearing some nicer clothes. You need to start showing interest in other people. Put on deodorant. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, just basic stuff. He said, if you will show interest in other people, other people will start to show interest in you. Right. And so the kid started doing that. He responded to that tough love, and all of a sudden, he reaped a crop of friends. Because give, and it will be given to you. You will reap what you will sow. Well, talking to Dr. Chris Schroeder, we're talking about the issue of loneliness, and we're getting ready to take a break, but we would love in this next segment to take your calls. The number to call is 1-888-589-8840. That's 1-888-589-8840. And if you're dealing with an issue of loneliness or if you have a friend that uh, is difficult for you because they're one of those social vampires, they just kind of suck the life out of you and and you want to know, how do I handle this? Maybe you have a son or a daughter that seems to be a loner. How, how can you best pray for them? How can you best minister to them? We would love to hear from you. 1-888-589-8840. Don't go away. We'll be right back. 
What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA upholds the truth that all human beings, including the unborn, are created in the image of God and are worthy of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. There are some oh, horrendous things that have been taking place. Bishop E.W. Jackson. But, but, the good news is that God is still on the throne. Jesus is still King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Tune in to The Awakening weekdays at noon central on American Family Radio. He said in the world you would have tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And that's the way we've got to approach all this stuff. Jesus said, blessed are the persecuted, and they are suffering big time right now. This is Bible League International, and 19-year-old Aria was beaten by her own father and violated by local authorities. You know what her crime was? Simply that she gave her life to Jesus Christ after leaving radical Islam. Now, she didn't grow bitter. She grew bold, and with others in her evangelical church near Cairo, Egypt, they've seen more than 300 come to Christ, but as new believers are pressured to renounce Jesus, they need Bibles in order to endure and persevere. And elsewhere in the Middle East, Pastor Yusuf and a deacon in his church were kidnapped in broad daylight. And his family was unable to pay the ransom, so the Islamic radicals, they beat Yusuf and killed the deacon. But you know, in spite of this mistreatment and the loss of his friend, Pastor Yusuf says it is an honor to suffer for Jesus. And that's why we're sending God's Word at $5 a Bible, $100 sends 20 Call 800-YES-WORD, 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 or give it sendbiblesnow.org, sendbiblesnow.org. God bless you for caring. You ever make a change and then think, why didn't I do this years ago? Well, that's how people feel about switching to MediShare for their health care, especially now with inflation the way it is. People are very happy with the savings. Most families save about $500 a month when they switch. It's a huge help when prices are going up so fast in so many other areas. And MediShare's customer satisfaction rate is double that of health insurance. It's just a different experience, and people really like that. MediShare is an alternative to health insurance. It's a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it's been going strong for over 25 years. It really is the gold standard, the most trusted name in health care sharing. Find out why people love it. Find out why they rave about the customer service and find out how good it feels to save some money right now. They're super easy to talk to. Here's the number. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. I'm joined in the studio by my good friend, Dr. Chris Schroeder, and we're talking about the issue of loneliness. We are taking your calls in this segment. The number to call is 1-888-589-8840. And we have Roy from New Hampshire on the line. Roy, go ahead. You're on Real Truth for Today. Hello, hello, brothers. I, I I really enjoy what you guys are talking about. I I used to listen to a show, and the um, minister used to talk about aloneness versus loneliness. I mean, versus uh, uh, solitude. And and I I believe that's what you're talking about is aloneness, and 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 aloneness can can lead you into some some dark places, some places that you know God uh, doesn't want you to go into. Um, at the church I attend, um, the men's study um, that we I attend to, the, the common thread um, that I find with the men that go to this study is that most of them are divorced. And I'm saying, well, don't you guys? I'm saying to myself, well, don't you guys have a desire to to? I, I know that God is the, the, the Father's in the healing process, and for whatever reason, um, that's in the past. But don't don't you have a desire to open up and 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 let the Lord maybe fill that that gap that that missing part as far as bringing somebody else into your life and a, a lot of them don't even seem like they even are looking <laughs> so I don't I don't know but that's that's what I, I had to say but uh, most yeah. of the guys I'm I mean at the, at our men's service are, are over forty so yeah and 
and it's like, wow, I, I just find it, you know, I understand that divorce is, is heartbreaking and it's, and it's terrible. And regardless of whose fault it is, or, but I, I just believe that, that that men have to give, have to open up and, and to, at least to the Lord and see if he wants to fill that, that, that place again with a mate. So that's all I Right. Think. Yeah, very good, Roy. Thank you. Chris, you want to comment on that? Yeah, divorce is, you know, could be so painful, can be so, so painful. Divorce could be and just like the, uh, the rejection. Um, some say that divorce is even worse than going through a death because rejection is involved. Mm -hmm. And so um, enormous grief. And so it takes time. It takes time. But you have to be willing to be real about the pain that you're feeling as you go through divorce. And it can take it can take years, but not maybe the remainder of your life. And so uh, we have a ministry at our church called Divorce Care, and it's a 13-week program that helps people go through divorce. And so I encourage you, if there's a church nearby that has Divorce Care as a ministry, to get involved in that. And uh, again, God did not create you to uh, live a life like that where you're just isolated and alienated for the rest of your life. It's not good to be alone. And so get the healing that you need. Make that intentional right. decision to get the healing that you need. Well, and I think people make uh, the mistake of not learning from what happened. And so they jump yes. They jump from, yes. okay, I had a bad marriage. I, I don't want to be alone. And so I'm jumping on this next train. Well, they didn't do their homework to figure out what was, you know, am I healthy enough to be remarried? And what about this person? And so that's why you get people that... Married and divorced, married and divorced, married and divorced. They're just jumping in and out. Well, it's like, you know, two whole people are, is the best way. Two whole people coming together to get married, not right. two people that are completing each other. So you've got this pain from your previous relationship, right. and you're expecting the next person to, to bring the healing for that. Only God brings the healing. Right. So we, uh, <laughs> the old phrase is, you know, we both come into marriage, we're like, two ticks mm -hmm. and I'm going to suck off you. You're going to suck off me. And what is marriage? It's two ticks and no dog. Oh yeah. Uh, that's yeah. a difficult situation. Well, we have Christine from North Carolina on the line. Christine, welcome to the program today. Um, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I would like to, <laughs> I would like to challenge um, some of the statements that you made. Okay. I think you're saying that um, we are lonely by choice and that's not true. Um, I'm here in Raleigh, North Carolina. I have visited so many churches, um, Southern Baptist, you name the denomination. I am six feet tall, 61 years old, never married, and I'm currently unemployed. Whenever I go to church, it could be an online Bible study or I could try to participate in a women's group, I get the same reaction where, wherever I go. You're six feet tall? Oh my gosh, you look awful. I can't believe you're that tall. You're, you're like a freak. And, okay, Christine, what do you do for a living? Well, I'm currently unemployed. You're unemployed? Don't you think you should go out and get a job? And it's this constant negative reaction. Oh, oh, you're, you're never married? What's wrong with you? You're 61. It's this constant belittling and negative reaction that I get from the so-called excellent Christians that make me say, you know what? I don't want to be around these people. So now I stay in my apartment, and I am this loner now, not because it's by choice, but because I'm sick and tired of the reaction that I get. So my premise to you is, or I'm challenging your premise that all we have to do is just pick ourselves up, be a friend, and go to church. Well, I've tried that over and over again, and it doesn't work for me. So I was wondering if you could just change your premise. Well, <laughs> what, um, what's, what's the alternative then, just... Just stay at home and and curse God and die. I mean, you don't want to do that. Um, I know. So, can you see how I'm stuck? Okay, Chris, you wanna? Yeah, I mean, um, well, first of all, sorry that Christine that that's happened to you. That's terrible yes. that people have said those kind of things to you. And you know that we are all sinful people and hurt hurt people, hurt people, and people say foolish things. Um, there are situations where people are lonely, and uh, that loneliness is not their choice. We did mention that earlier, that it's not their choice. It's a situational, they've lost someone, uh, death, divorce, they've gone through something, and so situationally they're feeling lonely. And that will draw them, hopefully that draws the person to God who loves us unconditionally and uh, says that he'll never leave us or forsake us. And that reminds us of God's presence. 
But uh, Christine, I just encourage you not to give up on community. You need community and to keep seeking because you will find uh, loving people um, that will um, welcome you and love you right where you're at. And, uh, and so don't give up on searching for a community. Yeah, I think, I think too, and we said, we said you're, you're lonely for a season or you're lonely for a reason. Um, the season can be, hey, I'm just going through a, a time where God has me and he's teaching me things and I, I don't have a lot of community right now. Uh, maybe you just moved or maybe you went through a divorce or maybe this or that. that. There are some situations where it's just okay, but when you pass through the waters, I will be with you and through the rivers they will not overflow you. Uh, as David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. And David was the one that said, uh, I'm lo- like a lonely owl in the desert or a restless sparrow alone on a roof. He had that season of loneliness. And uh, so God teach me through those those seasons. But Lord, teach me about myself too. Am I doing something because if I have the same experience with lots and lots of different people, um, I have to start looking, being honest enough to look in the mirror and say, am I doing something that's creating this? I'm not saying you are, uh, Christine. I'm just saying that you have to ask that question and you have to be willing to uh, honestly, soberly look in the mirror. And I do believe the scripture that says uh, you reap what you sow. And if you sow seeds of friendship, and care and concern. It's not about me. It's about this other person. Uh, God will, you will reap a crop of, of friendship. If you sow seeds of love, you reap love. If you sow care and concern, you reap care and concern. It's just the, the law of the harvest. But Christine, I will definitely pray for you. And uh, I just, you know, want God's best in your life. And, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of women, I know being six feet tall is difficult. We have a lady on our staff that's six two. Uh, and uh, she said it was very hard for her when she was in fifth grade. She was taller than her teacher, and uh, but now she really embraces the fact that she's tall and she likes that. And uh, so the kids like it too. They like oh yeah, literally they, looking up to her. They think yeah. that's cool. So thank you for calling today, and thank you for listening to the broadcast, Christine. Well, we have David on the line from Iowa. David, welcome to Real Truth for today. Uh, thank you, Pastor Jeff. Um, I have a uh, 17-year-old son, and um, he has some learning disabilities, well, one in particular that's on the autism spectrum, out on the edge, those ones that are most difficult. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, how do you, if you guys have any ideas, because he struggles, he tells us he goes to school every day and sits by himself, um, and then what he has done is get in, you know, to uh, his phone, getting on the Internet, and he thinks he has friends there where, you know, that, that's his whole world, and it's become a problem. We actually had to take the phone away for a while because um, it was becoming obsessive, and now he, he just struggles to make any kind of friendship, but mentally, you know, he has he has this struggle where he can't read people well. Um, and so we're, we're trying every different thing to try and help him out and try and get him with friends. And it seems he goes to the wrong places. He, he's struggling with gender identity and all that now because they accept everybody. And so naturally, you know, if you want to come be on uh, our friend, we'll let you be a friend, but it's, right. it's a dangerous place to be. For sure. Chris? Well, I mean, as a father, I mean, first of all, I commend you on just your concern, your love for your son, and reaching out, seeking help for him. That shows how much you love him and care for him. And I know that you are trying to point him to God. You're trying to um, uh, help him to have his own personal relationship with God who never will leave him no matter what he goes through. And I hope that he also has... um, you know, we keep bringing it up. We're we're pastors, so we care so much about. We understand the importance of the church, and so um, I hope that he has a good youth group, maybe a good youth pastor, some good uh, adult leaders that can help him where he can find his place and fit in. I just feel like that would be so crucial to have a good youth group church that he could be 
involved in. Yeah, and it's that's a difficult thing, David, with your with your child when you see them isolated. I mean, one of the reasons that kids get drawn into a bad crowd is because the bad crowd seems to be pretty accepting. Mm-hmm. And uh, hey, these are my friends. Uh, they're not real friends, but they, you know, anything goes in that group. And so uh, there are no standards or anything. And so a kid can feel like I have community here, you know, kid on the street, I get involved in a gang, those are my friends. And not your friends, but uh, they can become your tribe and your group. So uh, keep praying for him, and, as I know you are, and uh, you know, ask the Lord to to bring that person that could be in his life that would, uh, you know, different from Dad. You know, Dad can't be a seventeen-year-old yeah. friend. I like, yeah, that praying for praying for those friends that come into his life, and just remember that he's seventeen. I don't think many of us would want to relive being seventeen, whether no. we had autism or not. And so this is this is temporary. This is um, this is not the long run. No, so. no. But it's a it's a tough season for sure. Yes. Thank you for calling. We have Tammy from Texas on the line. line. Tammy, welcome to Real Truth for today. <laughs> Tammy, are you there? Oh yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Go ahead. I really appreciate your program. I can't wait to when I'm passing through Texarkana. I'm going to come visit. Good. I just wanted to make a comment with, I believe her name was Christine, about yes. the loneliness and being in her 60s. I'm right there, and it took me a while, but I finally realized I was I was not trusting God the way the Bible says. And I'm not saying that flippantly, but trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. And once I did that, once I made a conscious effort transforming your mind, then I was able to realize it's it's all about Him. My mm. trust is totally in Him with everything, not just my loneliness, but everything. And it really changed my whole life. And I've been a Christian many years, but when I really realized I grew in that, and I saw that. This is all about leaning on Him, everything, not just something, everything. Then you can do it. It is it is a transformation of your life, and I just wanted to tell her that because I can tell she she's feeling hopeless. Yes, and it's not hopeless. It's not hopeless. Right. You just got to really read that verse. Pray to God, and and I even tell him my prayers to him sometimes are just God help me to trust you, help me to trust you. I'm weak right now, and He always comes through. Right, and and it's it's just such a a cool thing, a cool thing. So I just wanted to share that. Well, that. Tammy, thank you for doing that. Thank you for sharing. And, um, you know, we do pray for Christine, and and we want to see God do things in her life and encourage her heart. God is the God of hope, and and God is the God who will never leave us and never forsake us. And He is our all. I mean, we need other people, but we need Him more than anything else. And and my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, we are running out of time and I apologize to Sandra and Karen. Thank you for calling in today. I wasn't going to, we don't have enough time to take your calls, um, but we'd love to take your call tomorrow. We'll be back again tomorrow. This is Real Truth for Today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. And Chris, thank you for being my guest today as we've been talking about the issue of loneliness. You can go to AFR.net, podcast Real Truth for Today, and listen to this and any of our previous uh, broadcasts. It'll be a blessing to you. Hey, go shine for Christ and share what great things the Lord has done for you. We'll be here again tomorrow. God bless.